WCBN.org. There's a huge microphone that says WCBN Sports. Just click on that. That'll take us right to our website with our huge uh, programming schedule. We have a lot of games coming up this weekend. The women's basketball game on Thursday night. Hopefully they can score 45 points. And uh, the basketball game on Saturday night, we'll have the hockey game from Joe Lewis on Friday, and then on Saturday night, simultaneous coverage of the hockey and the basketball game. So a busy weekend. Looking forward to it. So for Rushi, I'm Rob. We'll leave you with uh, some of these NFL highlights as we began you. And uh, we say so long. Good night from Ann Arbor. She's a good girl. Loves your mama. Set up a screen for Hightower. TV. Indeed you would. Welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwyer. And uh, good news. <laughs> this is the last day that George Bush will be president for a whole day. And I think that we've only got one more day to kick him around. So, well, like the famous uh, Nixon quote, uh, "You won't have Dick Nixon to kick around anymore." That proved to be very untrue, as we're still kicking him around. And I have a feeling that thirty years from now, the name George W. Bush will be synonymous with what's the lowest thing you can think of? Brownie, heck of a job! Heck of a job! 
and uh, we're going to smoke him out of his hole. But I think he's going to retire to his hole in Texas and remain as invisible as possible. I don't expect much of a post-presidential, you know, it's sort of like Reagan kind of re- re- going west and putting on the, the Snuggie. And <laughs> well, Reagan did that one speaking. It wasn't even a tour. He was paid... Two million dollars. Two million dollars to speak, I think, in Japan. Yeah, best prime minister they ever had. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) that was about it for his uh, career as a public citizen. Of course, his health was in serious decline during his presidency. Indeed. And was probably kind of questionable when he was elected. But, uh, yeah, Bush's uh, burnishing uh, tour has finally come to an end. You know, it's interesting. I I went back and I checked, uh, what is this, the uh, November 8th edition of The Nation magazine. This was an edition, by the way, that actually was published before the uh, 2004 election. Basically, they have a hundred facts and one opinion, the non-arguable case against the Bush administration. In this particular edition, the Nation magazine endorsed John Kerry for president, something that they don't often do, by the way. They don't often endorse a candidate. And it's just amazing, you know, the subtexts or subtitles are Iraq, terrorism, national security, cronyism and corruption, the economy, education, health care, the environment, rights and liberties, flip-flops, biography, and secrecy. So I'll just read a few of these because they're... Uh, As true back in 2004 as they are today, needless to say, many of these numbers have just escalated by factors of 2, 3, 8, 10, you name it. The Bush administration has spent more than $150 billion on a war of choice in Iraq. That number, by the way, uh, has gone past the uh, total cost of the Vietnam War and is still going upward sent troops into battle without adequate body armor or armored Humvees, has spent just $1.1 billion of the $18.4 billion Congress approved for reconstruction. According to the administration's hand-picked weapons inspector, Charles Dalfour, there is, quote, no evidence that Hussein had passed illicit weapons material to al-Qaeda or any other terrorist organizations or had any intent to do so. There was a risk at Bush's response. There was a risk, a real risk, that Saddam Hussein would pass weapons or materials or information to uh, terrorist networks. Also, according to Dalfour, the U.N. inspector's regime put, quote, an economic stranglehold on Hussein that prevented him from developing a weapons of mass destruction program for more than 12 years. Hmm. The Bush administration turned a $236 billion surplus into a $422 billion deficit. For the record, uh, this year's deficit is estimated to be over a trillion dollars, given the TARP uh, shenanigans and whatnot. The Bush administration has crippled state budgets by underfunding federal mandates by $175 billion dollars. Gave $23 billion to corporate uh, corporate uh, tax breaks, much of which would have uh, benefited major campaign contributors. Um, 
increase the deficit, the national debt, which uh, in 2000, candidate George Bush promised to pay down the debt. As of September 30th, 2004, the debt stood at $7 trillion. $380 billion, and that has since gone up to over $11 trillion, not even including all this mm-hmm. stuff that's off the books. Eliminated um, protections for more than 200 million acres of public lands. Since Bush has taken office, more than 5 million people have lost health insurance. Proposed a cut to the EPA of $600 million for fiscal year 2005, spent $6.45 billion creating 14 million new classified documents and securing old secrets, the highest level of spending in 10 years. This, of course, was designed to protect his father, Ronald Reagan, and Dick Cheney. Just a litany of facts about the Bush administration that won't go away. No, and while there's a lot of uh, emphasis from the Obama team to move forward to address the situation as it currently stands and look to the future, um, the astonishing and truly degrading nature of the Bush administration's crimes against the Constitution and basic decency Simply, there, there must be some way to call them to account because uh, this is not a precedent that you want to let slide. I mean, we thought the Nixon and Reagan administrations were bad. Um, this uh, makes both look reasonable and, uh, well, I don't know about decent, but uh, this is just a high-powered uh, rottenness. Yeah, and, and uh, just an updated thing on a couple of items that I didn't even bother reading. Those were just a sort of a random selection that I highlighted. Back in April of uh, this past year, uh, 2008, the GAO found that 95 major weapons systems, uh, this is the Pentagon that we're talking about here, have exceeded their original budgets by a total of $295 billion dollars bringing their total costs to $1.6 trillion and are almost two years late on average. (laughs) That's just another classic example. And then in September, uh, on September 14th of uh, of uh, 2008, Eric Lipton had a Sunday uh, front page story about how the Bush administration had pushed military weapons sales uh, globally uh, to over $30 billion. And, of course, the weapons are being sold, no shock, in Afghanistan, in Iraq, in Saudi Arabia, in Pakistan, and, amazingly, Australia at $6.5 billion dollars. $11.4 billion was being sent to the government of Afghanistan in in arms sales. And uh, the United Arab Emirates had, quote, expressed an interest in spending as much as $9 billion on the Patriot missile system uh, that apparently uh, the Bush administration was more than willing to provide to them. 
it's this kind of priorities that explain why uh, Bush Bush's claim that he has made us safer. This was the mantra over the last couple yeah. of weeks. There hasn't been a terrorist attack here in America. Therefore, pat us on the back. <laughs> right. Although, of course, if anybody had been paying attention at the briefing in 2001, there might never have been a 9-11, but we won't go there. Yeah. That uh, ship has sailed. Uh, but it's worth noting that since 2001, the U.S. government has provided more than $32 billion to Afghanistan. And one of the last-minute brainstorms uh, apparently is a plan to rearm villagers in Afghanistan. And this is reported in uh, Financial Times by John Boone, uh, January 13th. Afghan authorities are struggling to reach agreement on a U.S.-backed plan to help villages defend themselves against Taliban fighters. U.S. planners want to start a pilot scheme. I don't like that word. Yeah. In a single district in Wardak, an increasingly dangerous province south of Kabul, as soon as possible. However, it's very loosely sketched out, this scheme. Uh, there's no agreement on which ministry would control it, how many people would be recruited in individual villages, who will pay their salaries, or even what they will be called. But um, the U.S. insists they will not provide weapons, but they will make uniforms. Um, and, of course, uh, there's uncertainty, to go back to Boone's article, about how such, forces, how such forces would defend themselves against well-armed Taliban fighters. Uh, handing out weapons to informal forces has the potential to create enormous embarrassment for the international community, which has already poured millions of dollars into disarming militias, which have often tyrannized ordinary people. This is like flooding a ghetto with weapons to think that, well, we'll let the community itself police itself. And these weapons won't fall into the hands of gangs. No, because decent, upstanding people will seize this opportunity to police their own turf. Um, I think probably fewer uh, weapons that you could get in Afghanistan, the best for all concerned. Yeah. And yeah, so much for community policing. And finally, I wanted to point out one of the most troubling aspects of the Bush legacy. That is the solvency of Medicare and Social Security. Mm. And these graphs are remarkable. When Bush took office, Social Sec uh, Medicare had a solvency projection based on um, tax uh, revenue and spending that... Uh, was basically 27 years, and as he leaves office, that's down to 10. And indeed, the um, report, and this is actually issued uh, back in uh, March, late March of uh, this past year by uh, Hank Paulson, who likes to speak like a pirate and act like a pirate. Um, he notes that um, the trustees said that Medicare's hospital insurance trust fund would pay out more benefits than it receives in taxes and other dedicated, revenue, uh, dedicated revenues this year. That's 2008. Social Security costs will exceed tax revenue starting in 2017, they said. The government will then have to draw on assets of the Social Security trust fund. And you will recall that uh, one of Bush's 2000 campaign promises, 
was to protect social, the Social Security mm-hmm. uh, surplus, which he did not do. And remarkably, in 2005, he actually proposed privatizing Social Security right. in which we, the American citizens, could invest in the stock market. <laughs> Boy, that would have turned out to be a bad deal. And thankfully it was shot Gee, it down. Sounded, it sounded good on paper. But uh, that was actually one of Bush's admitted mistakes uh, that he gave at that petulant, laughable final press conference that, frankly, as I said, I think a week ago, I think a movie can be made out of that press conference alone. Yeah, I watched uh, most of that um, on the Internet. And it's really startling to me. Um, you know, there's Helen Thomas sitting right in front. I don't know if she yeah. ever got a question in. Um, she's, you know, one of the longest. She's been backbenched. She has, even, even though she sits in the front row. Yeah, yeah. she's uh, routinely ignored. Um, I know that those uh, are hardworking professionals who really jockey amongst their uh, colleagues to have that uh, esteemed position. But uh, you really wonder um, if some of them couldn't exhibit a little bit more human feeling to maybe boo, you know, Mm -hmm. or as I suggested last week, laugh out loud at some of the comments that were made because you just watch their faces as the camera cuts back to him and they're just like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, 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 yeah. But the twaddle that he was saying was just so offensive. Yeah. And Um, of course, you got to love his folksy manner where he has these little nicknames for them all. Right. Apparently that's going to fall by the wayside with Obama coming into power. He seems to prefer their actual names and including identifying who they work for. But yeah, he's got... We'll probably see a lot more press conferences in general, too. Nicknames for his favorite uh, questioners and, uh, you know, of course he denounced (laughs) name-calling. Well, uh, yeah, the Medicare and Social Security numbers, uh, the unemployment numbers, these are all uh, a concern. Uh, A recent uh, report out of Spain, though, suggests that, not that this is a silver lining, and not to suggest that there was some grand master plan in this economic debacle that has been brought uh, to a reality, largely by the complacency of the Bush administration, but... um, If you're wondering about what possible uh, benefits there might be to the global economic crisis, why, by golly, remember a year or so back when it was so difficult for the Army to recruit? Well, gee, interesting numbers coming out of Spain. Yeah. The country's Army, Navy, and Air Force are flooded with applicants, uh, nearly double the number in 2007. Um, The armies of other countries, from Poland to Australia, are also seeing increased interest from job seekers. With, and I'm quoting here from uh, Victor Mallet's article, with anxiety about unemployment apparently outweighing the fear of a violent death in Afghanistan. <laughs> uh, Spanish unemployment has reached 3 million or 12% of the workforce. It rises by about 6,000 a day. And uh, most of those seeking military careers in 2008 made their applications in the second half of the year as the country fell into recession. Haven't seen any numbers here yet. Well, I actually, believe it or not, they, they did produce numbers this weekend. Really? Okay. Um, the Army is delighted to report that they've met their recruiting goals and exceeded them uh, due to the poor economy. And, in fact, they attribute it to the poor economy. Indeed. 
And Dick Cheney, I'm sure, at his undisclosed location, although I think he can come out of his hole at this point, only had one word to say, excellent. <laughs> now, is he obligated by convention or custom or even by law to attend the ceremony tomorrow? Custom, I'm sure, requires that he attend. Um, he'll be there. Yeah. Just have to watch where he pops off to when he just disapparates, as but, they say yeah, in Harry Potter world. His final interview on uh, the Lehrer News Hour this past week was astonishing, to say the least. And I'm sure that you can probably dig that up somewhere in one of uh, somewhere on the internet if you wish to see it in total, because it was uh, remarkable stuff. And needless to say, uh, there actually was good news this weekend. Um, a ceasefire in Gaza. Bad news, the final numbers. 1,259 Palestinians killed, 13 Israelis killed. I'm sure that this ceasefire corresponded with the changing of the guard here in the United States. You can be count on that. Um, I think it does give Obama one less problem. But I think that this is a classic, you know, almost a conspiracy theory regarding Israel's plan. You know, it's interesting, in late September, Olmert, uh, Prime Minister Ehud Olmert, who, of course, uh, my understanding is, uh, will not be running for re-election. Uh, no, he stepped down in disgrace yeah, over a because scandal. Scandals, um, political scandals, cronyism scandals. Yeah. Something that uh, many in the Bush administration are familiar with, but uh, not quite enough of them have faced the charges, so to speak. But, you know, it's interesting, in late September, in a uh, speech, uh, apparently this was actually an interview, um, Olmert came to the realization that Israel must leave the West Bank as well as East Jerusalem, to attain peace with the Palestinians. And uh, he was also initiating uh, dialogues with Syria. So this may have been a, an operation that sort of came from underneath him, and that he, while he's still the prime minister, this may actually have been an operation concocted by hawks in the is Israeli government. Um, needless to say, my my own sort of simple analysis of it is that Hamas could not win militarily, obviously, and Israel could not win politically. And while it's unclear what the lasting damage of this, um, I guess it was a 22-day incursion uh, operation, um, which is ironic because I think their incursion in the Lebanon lasted 33 days. Mm. Not too sure what the connection with 11 is but 911 11 you know keeps coming up i think it was the number of time zones in the soviet union <laughs> 11 um you know I, I don't know where this leaves the peace process but as one critic pointed out it's uh too much process and not enough peace Indeed. Well, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, uh, head of the uh, Likud party, uh, is actually uh, still calling for uh, escalating the assault right up until the last minute that the ceasefire was declared. And, of course, uh, he does lead in the polls. 
Um, that having been said, I think also, uh, despite Likud's position, most Israelis are on Omer's side in the realization that there's got to be a two-state solution. And so it'll be interesting to see um, how well the remnants of the uh, Kadima party, Zippy Livni, the more bizarre political names of recent memory, um, is the ostensible leader of that party. Netanyahu is pretty much beating her in most of the polls. Um, but uh, he's uh, a hawk that won't ever let go. And, in fact, he'd be happy if that uh, were still uh, hostilities. Well, time will tell, but I'm sure uh, Israel will remain in the uh, occupied territories for well, quite some and, time. And there are still some open calls uh, to investigate uh, some of the more savage attacks in the last week of that uh, conflagration, I guess we can call it, uh, the U.N. school that was bombed yeah. by Israeli planes, uh, killing 40 people who had taken shelter there. Um, Israeli forces barred rescue workers for four days from evacuating wounded civilians. Human rights groups uh, have reported attacks on ambulances and rescue vehicles. Uh, and, of course, Israel has often complained that while Hamas uses Palestinian civilians as human shields, according to Amnesty International, uh, so apparently do Israeli soldiers use Palestinian civilians as human shields. Well, and the bombing of the U.N. probably was not accidental. I recall that when Reagan uh, bombed Libya uh, back in uh, 1986 as part of the war on terror um, that we... Still seem to be... Uh, oh, so successfully waging. Oh, so successfully and inexpensively waging. <laughs> uh, my God, we sp spent trillions of dollars on this nonsense. Um, that the French did not give permission to fly over uh, their territory. Um, by the way, the, the Reagan administration did not need to launch uh, the airplanes from Great Britain anyway. They had aircraft carrier in the Mediterranean. Yeah, plenty of them. But they wanted to make a point, and needless to say, the French embassy was, quote, accidentally hit. Um, my, <laughs> my eye. <laughs> um, you know, the, the Israeli uh, government cannot be pleased with U.N. resolutions over the years, the th hundreds of them, uh, regarding the situation uh, in the region always like a headline with irony from the newswires from the Ann Arbor News, the 16th of uh, December 2008. Anti-kidnapping expert kidnapped. <laughs> well, there was also a bizarre story from the art world about uh, installation that was meant to celebrate the European Union. Uh, the EU Council in Brussels had uh, commissioned a work which purportedly was designed to demolish national stereotypes by mocking them, has instead caused a diplomatic outrage. Uh, apparently, this was originally advertised or announced as a collaborative effort in which all 27 member states would be represented. And as it turns, a, a single Czech artist uh, pulled the whole thing together, and it's rather bizarre. 
it's a little hard to believe that that their goal was to make fun of prejudice uh, and destroy it most efficiently by making fun of it, because some of the things that are illustrated here are amusing to an American outside uh, perspective. But, uh, for example, Romania is represented by a Dracula-inspired theme park. Bulgaria is represented by a rudimentary lavatory. The Netherlands are represented as a flooded land with minarets poking through. <laughs> um, this is fairly bizarre, and I'll show you uh, the photo there of the, uh, of the of Dracula, Dracula land. And uh, Looks this a little is, bit like Bush. It does. This is probably available online. Uh, it's called Entropa, E-N-T-R-O-P-A. So if you want to look at some of these very interesting and bizarre pieces of uh, art, uh, the Czech leadership of the uh, EU, which they just uh, swung into the rotating position there, have uh, their first uh, action was to apologize for this artful attack on national stereotypes. Rather bizarre. Well, I'm sure that the national stereotype of... Uh America globally has become a rootin' tootin' cowboy with guns a-blazin' and a foreign policy, as the bumper sticker once said, Yeehaw! <laughs> Yeehaw is not a foreign policy. No, despite uh, the Reagan-Bush years, uh, slim pickings, uh, going down immortal words... <laughs> Uh, will probably be something that we can step away from as a national foreign policy. Um, it's, uh, gosh, uh, so many mixed emotions, uh, because here, of course, there's a local tragedy involving a uh, student at my uh, school where I teach, uh, and so there's much sadness about that. But uh, nationwide, you have to think that tomorrow has got to be one of the most exciting days mm -hmm. in uh, memory. Yeah. Um, I don't remember, uh, being 45, uh, I don't remember uh, a more anticipated inauguration. I think the media hype is going to be uh, incredible. There's also, it's going to be bigger than the Super Bowl. I think so. Just from a media standpoint is really saying something. Um, of course, there's all sorts of, you know, uh, attempts to cash in on this. An article, uh, admin from IKEA to Quaker Oats tap into inauguration of Obama. And even though there's bound to be the obvious frustrations and disappointments and so forth, I think that this is probably the best little bit of uh, public relations uh, that America has experienced since Gadzooks, maybe the end of World War II. Yeah. You are uh, listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor, by the way. Um, Yazoo City Calling will be coming up shortly. Yeah, I mean, I think that there is, uh, as... John F. Kennedy put it so well in his uh, inaugural back in the 1961. Keep my date straight here. You always think of him with 1960. But anyway, the inaugural was actually delivered in 61. Mm -hmm. It's interesting that it's going to be a very cold day tomorrow, apparently, in Washington, similar to that inauguration. But I think that it is a, quote, torch of a older generation passing it on to a new generation. Absolutely. And I think it's significant that Obama was born uh, in the 60s, that some of these culture wars that have been going on in presidential campaigns for most of my lifetime were downplayed a little bit in this last election. I mean, Palin did her best to revive some of that nonsense, but... 
because she uh, had so little to work with otherwise. <laughs> had so little to work with otherwise. I just didn't work well. And yeah. McCain, I think, kind of avoided that. McCain, of course, was all over the map. He couldn't figure out how to attack Obama. But at the end of the day, it struck 